Living congruently is the law. Yeah, it's my moral code because when I'm not living congruently, I'm aware that I'm going to get in trouble. My soul is going to be like, nope, can't do that. Welcome to A Congruent Life, where we share inspirational stories of authenticity and happiness. A Congruent Life is an interview project sharing the stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things, discovering their passions, and living authentic, amazing lives. Here's your host, Andy Gray. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 58 of A Congruent Life. My name is Andy Gray. Thanks for joining us for some conversations with some pretty inspiring people about authenticity and reinvention. We've had a bit of a hiatus with the show, thanks to those who have written to me about asking about upcoming episodes. You know, life just gets in the way sometimes, but we're ready to roll with a new set of great conversations. Perhaps think of this as season two, if you will. We have some great stuff coming, and are also nearing completion of transcriptions of all of the previous episodes, so look for those coming soon to the website at acongruentlife.net. Let's kick things off with a conversation with Stephanie Traeger. Stephanie is quite a force. She draws on a wide array of life experiences that range from activism and being a lawyer and martial arts and being present at 9-11 and a serious injury, and parlays all of that into entrepreneurship and coaching. Here's our conversation. I'm talking today to Stephanie Traeger, who is a personal and business transformation coach, an attorney, and has a business called Intentional Paradigms. Stephanie, welcome to A Congruent Life. Hello, Andy. Thank you. You bet. I'm glad to have you join us. You're one of our longtime listeners, and now here you are in the show. I know. It's been great to watch the show transform and grow and really blossom. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the support along the way. And I'm delighted to have you as a guest now. So, Steph. Let's just maybe start the kind of a quick introduction. How would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Well, I am, my name is Stephanie Traeger, and I currently have my business is called Intentional Paradigms, and I am a business and personal transformation coach. So I love to express my unique gifts in this world, and I'm really grateful that I get to do that today and help others um, express theirs as well. Transformation coach. Tell us a little more about what that means. Most of the people that I work with are in a, some kind of transition. And even if they are in a successful business, it's really how can we tap in and leverage your soul gifts, your unique gifts and talents, and um, transform them into something that really sings to your soul. So on the business level, it's like, how can we transform your business? Because people are, you know, if, if they're looking to up level or if they're looking to um, find more happiness and joy and connection to their work. Um, so it's about all about a transformation and it's the same thing on a personal level. It's like, you know, it's kind of become cliche Andy. you know, the, what's my purpose question. And I am, I'm thrilled right now. I'm actually writing a book, working on this beautiful project where I get to marinate in the topic of the soul and the depth of this question, like, what is our purpose? Um, we don't really, usually, we're, we're not tapping into the depth of that question, you know? So 
um, when we talk about transformation, it's a, a largely about waking up and saying, hmm, what am I doing here? What's my real greater service to the world? And how, how do I get to benefit while I benefit and serve humanity? That there's always a big transformation in that. Hmm. Sounds like a lovely thing to be marinating in. I know. So give us a sense, Stephanie, of maybe some of your early story. Tell us how you kind of grew up and got on this trail. Well, I am from New York. I live in Oregon now. And we're close to neighbors. But I, I grew up in a, you know, I always was different, a little bit different. And I went to college and kind of woke up in college in a big way, like, it, and usually waking up, it's it's not always the most comfortable place to be. So it's, it could be a, a sense of um, what else is there. And when you don't have the proper guidance or mentors or support or model role models, it's really confusing, you know, especially when you're younger. So I went through most of that a lot of my life. And in college, um, after college, I, I decided I'm moving to California. And, you know, I've never been out to nature. I never I grew up in New York. I went to school in Boston. And when I got out west and I moved to California, I had never seen mountains and giant trees like like exist here, you know. Um, so I, I started just totally blooming in a whole different way and became really passionate. Uh, one thing led to another, but I became really passionate about the forest and this beautiful place. And then to see that it was being destroyed, I thought back then, um, I became really involved in activism to protect the forest. And so, yeah, I mean, I can keep going, but this that's really how I started to say, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit different than, than my background. It's sort of, I don't want to say incongruous, but sort of surprising that a girl from New York City would end up in the trees of California. <laughs> no pun intended. I was a tree sitter. Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, besides the adventure in the whole thing, it was, it was the, hugest education ever. I, I took off about seven years between college and law school. And in that time, I was in California and really learning, learning about so many things, you know, it wasn't only the activism, the grassroots activism, but then I ended up working in a law firm and we were, we were really working to protect the forest and, um, and the ecology of Northern California. And I just became aware, you know, I started waking up on so many levels. And once you turn on that awareness, it's like, it's really only, con you know, it's, it's to be congruent, I would say is, well, you know, being aware of one thing and then shutting off your awareness of something else, you know, when it's, a, this is a, um, a topic I find really fascinating is people who wake up to something like, okay, there's, there's something poisonous in the food you know, and then they don't want to know that because it's, then they have to change something or I'm allergic to something. You don't want to know that because then you have to change. So you pretend you don't know, but you really do know. And so it does affect you, you know? And so things just, I became aware of so many things back then. And I was, I was really affected. I was really empathic and sensed a lot. And I was just really affected. Yeah. That's a really good point. That, that sort of, curse, if you will, of awareness that, you know, once you take the veil off, you can't really put it back on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very clever mechanism people um, take on, though it, once it's in your psyche, it's there and it's going to do its work on you, whether you, you're, you know, aware of it or not. Right. 
So how did you get from activism to law school? Well, it was the grassroots efforts um, eventually led into we uh, in California, this is fascinating. In California, you can actually become a lawyer without going to law school. So you can do an apprenticeship. It was it was um, you register with the state bar, and it's a you know it's a legal mechanism. It's a legal path towards towards becoming an attorney. And we started a law firm, a few activists and some attorneys locally, and we were studying law while we were actually suing this multinational corporation. And a friend of mine and a fellow activist was was killed by a logger. And that just, it just really impacted me. I mean, on such a deep soul level. And that I, I just made this commitment to doing whatever it took for social justice. And I was a little bit, you know, ideal and untempered at the time. And I I was also, like a little side note here, I was also a martial artist and fascinated with a Brazilian martial art. So I decided to move back to New York to go to law school because I wanted to pursue this martial art while I was doing law school to go save the world. <laughs> wow. Short. <laughs> Short story. Okay, so you, you went to law school, you're off to go save the world in a different kind of way. How did that impact your journey? Where did you go from there? You know, Andy, you might agree that when you travel or you go to a different place, it's like you all of a sudden, you, you're a different person. Your psyche is just a totally different, within a totally different framework. So I went from living in Northern California, literally living off the grid, to New York City to go start law school. I, did, I decided to take on the formal education. And when I got to New York two weeks after, 9-11 happened. And so that added a whole other element and... The times changed, right? It was there were no big trees in New York to save, but it was a different a different era, and so I got really involved in immigration and um, social justice issues pertaining to like the Patriot Act and things that were going on in New York City at the time of 9/11. How did the experience of being in Manhattan during 9/11 impact your personal journey? It impacted me on every level of my physical spiritual, energetic being. Um, it was very trauma. I was very traumatized. I was actually down there in it and had my school was like four blocks away. So I had to go there all the time. And I didn't understand why, like I would, I was so sensitive to so many things physically and energetically. And I didn't understand why it affected me in this way while I'm looking at everyone else and like, why are they fine? So it kind of woke me up to like, I'm different. You know, I know we're all unique and wonderful, beautiful human beings, but sometimes there are situations where people are a little bit more asleep than others. And I was starting to feel like, okay, why am I seeing things other people aren't seeing? And it, it just, um, it heightened my senses in every way, shape and form. It, it, it also, it was, it tempered me. It really did because I was, it was, a, it was a mission for more, more of a self-preservation at the time. It was survival, kind of my sense of survival was now at stake, you know, compared to when I was an activist, I was like, save the world. But now it was like, save me. Cause I really felt threatened, not by the terrorism at all, but more of just the environment. It was a totally toxic, polluted place. But after law school, I went to, I was very involved in the human rights 
movement or, you know, that was very interested in human rights and international human rights. And that was like what I pursued. And I went to Brazil and did a contract position for the Open Society Institute, researching human rights issues in Brazil after law school. So this was fast forward three years. And it was there that I kind of had this uh, a huge awakening, like, okay, I want to change the world. But this whole, this whole activism thing is all about fighting and resistance and energetically it's exhausting and it's not feeding me or making me happy you know it's not um energetically creating something harmonious in the world so my spirituality started to really turn on and i was like oh okay i think there's a different way to contribute positively to the world I love that. The description that you gave there about your spirituality turning on, I think, is is really remarkable. You know, it seems like oftentimes it does take some sort of external event or a, a crisis or some something big to kind of catalyze those kinds of experiences. Yeah. And when you're meant for a certain path and you don't listen, you know, for me, I call these signs from your soul. And in the book that I'm authoring, it's called Soul Success, Success from the Inside Out. And it's really all about mastering your relationship to to these signs from your soul and that it doesn't always happen overnight. Like any kind of success, it's uh, it's a journey, right? It's a process. So those signs from your soul might be this crisis. You know, it might be putting you in a place where you're going to experience a giant world event. And it's like an opportunity. It's like every challenge is an opportunity. And what are you going to do with it? So, yeah, I, I didn't listen. <laughs> I didn't quite listen when I my spirituality turned on and that sign was so loud. But I, I stayed in New York and um, took a few more big signs until I changed my life. <laughs> so what were some of the other signs that you needed to hear at that point in your life? Well, that was a time I come back from Brazil and I decided, you know what, I would like I would like to just work and I would like a different lifestyle so that I can pursue things I love and contribute to the world. Like that was my, I was burned out from activism. I'll tell you that after Brazil. So I, I took a job in a corporate law firm, a really amazing law firm. And it was the work I was doing there was very contradictory. It was a bit, it was not congruent to who I am as a person or the work that I was doing before, right? So it's a corporate law firm, defense firm, and it was quite fascinating, I'll tell you, to be on the other other side of the coin. Um, I learned so much there, and it really did temper me in that, okay, we're all just human beings. There's really good people here, and what's really going on with the world? So I got this great world view being um, in this environment. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I, I would actually like to dig a little bit deeper on that because it's quite a stark contrast to what you were doing before. And mm -hmm. I wonder, how did you know that that wasn't congruent for you? Did you have a sense of that before? Or what were the signs that maybe taught you that this path wasn't working in the way that you thought it would? It really was perfect for a few years because it allowed me to travel and afford a lifestyle that I I could actually bloom. I could invest in things for myself to grow. Um, I was a martial artist, like I shared, and I was very dedicated to my training. I did capoeira, capoeira angola, a Brazilian martial art, at, for like 20 years. So this was 
I was really passionate about it. And now I have the opportunity to, to cart, make a space for that in my life. And at the same time, like we were talking about before, when you know something and you shut it off and pretend you don't know, cause you don't want to know that. Right. It still affects you. It's in your psyche. So I couldn't pretend that I was in alignment on any level with the content of the work that I had, was participating in. Um, how it impacted me was cumulative and over time. So I was getting, I guess I got a pass for a few years where things were kind of awesome. And then I started getting antsy, like I have to leave the city. What am I going to do? So I started, and again, it was an awesome opportunity. I can invest. I became a coach. This was in 2008, it was 2007. And I invested in a program where I became a health coach because while I was working in this environment, I was like the weirdo in the elevator with my green juice. <laughs> you know, I was a total health food, um, natural person. So I saw the need for that in this world, this corporate world. And I had, um, you know, quite a, quite a few clients grow a client base growing. And I had this little side business doing health coaching, you know, when the market changed. So this is where I really started to say, okay, this is, it's time to change where I was working fully aware of what was happening. And I, I said, I was scared and I kind of bought into the whole idea. Like we're all going down, you know, with this false sense of security. And I didn't think that I could replace my income or how am I going to survive being a coach? I didn't understand that yet. So over time years, I, I ended up, my soul was trying to get my attention and gave me a few wake up calls. So what were some of those wake up calls? Well, one major one was a, a head injury. I had a head injury and it was so powerful because I understood why it happened, but it changed my life. I could no longer, I was an athlete, a really intense athlete at that, my whole life. And it changed that for me. I couldn't do my martial arts anymore. I couldn't do anything. And I it really was a soul wake up call. You know, it wasn't, I knew this happened for me and not to me. So I started seeking, what do I do now? What a lovely perspective to say that this is something that happened for me, but not to me. Yeah. And when you, when you try that on and, and really own it, it's a huge responsibility. You know, it's mm -hmm. a huge responsibility though. It's so empowering because it's like, hmm. So what's what's the next best thing that's going to happen? Because this happened for me to have that. And probably really hard to do in the moment when something traumatic like that happens to you. It's like a big piece of your identity is shifting now because of some external event. And mm -hmm. I think it's natural to want to be the victim, to carry anger and all of that. But so being able to transform that into something that is a blessing and an opportunity for growth takes a lot of maturity and wisdom, I would say. It took a lot of seeking because I didn't have the support. Like if we don't have the right support, you know, if we're not surrounded by people who are going to pull us forward, you know, and, and actually and, and remind us of those mindsets, then or it's just states of being, then it, it especially when you're in a crisis, it's really hard to remember. So I, I was since my uh, activism days. Since I, I think since my, you know, definitely since past lives, but since my days in the woods, we were, I did a lot of work with Native Americans. So I was very attracted to 
indigenous medicine and shamanism. And I have always been a, uh, on the path of herbalism and always curious about medicine people in different cultures. So when my head injury was really debilitating, it was, you know, my, I'm sure my soul did this for me, but I somehow came upon this medicine wheel that I needed to get on, you know, some, a spiritual teacher and a path that called me. And so it was that that really, you know, when you go through a medicine wheel, like the shamanic medicine wheel or, or whatever indigenous healing and every culture has a some somewhat of a similar uh, concept here, right? But that wheel of going through a healing and taking responsibility for everything in your life, that was really what helped me take responsibility for the head injury. Mm. And then so what did you do with that, with that new sense of awareness and the, the need to reinvent yourself on a, at a practical level? Well, I was still not sure how I was going to do it being a coach, and I, I still had my job, and I decided, okay, maybe I'll be a mediator. So that really turned me on at that time. So I be, I started doing a training and becoming certified in mediation, and then did the family mediation, and I had, so I had another little side business doing that. While I mean, while I was practicing law and had this head injury for two that lasted about two years, and what happened, Andy, was at some point. I still wasn't listening. I was kind of like, okay, I'm just going to go back to sleep again and pretend that I could actually stay in New York where my whole family was my whole life. And my soul was like, nope, I'm going to wake you up again. So another annoying and traumatic and not worth going into event happened that was like, okay, you can't live here anymore. So, I mean, literally my apartment became uninhabitable. Um, so I had no choice. I was like, okay, I'm moving. And it was, really by, by destiny that I ended up in Bend, but I moved out here and said, I'm going to be, I'm doing my coaching practice. And it's now all these other things because I'd done like 15 different trainings and my own personal transformation. And so that's where, that's how I got here. And what a lovely opportunity to reinvent that essentially, to take all of these collections of things that you had had experience with and things that you had trained with and studied and read about, and then put together this mix of what your life is all about and how you're going to be of service in the world. Yeah. And, and we all have that, you know, we, we all, especially those who are reinventing their lives. And if they're listening to your show, it's like, we all have this eclectic this mix and some of us have it's a little bit more eclectic than others but we all have our personal experience and that's why I don't believe in competition because we're all supposed to be working with or called to whoever we're going to be or we're meant to learn from or grow from and in my past I look back and think wow how interesting those people all came on my path yeah the collection of crazy individuals that we meet along the way to (laughs) point us along to the next guidepost or whatever. Some of the, some of the biggest teachers are like, you know, people passing in the night, people sitting on an airplane next to you, or it's just always being open to, Hmm, what's the situation going to share, teach me, or what can I teach in this situation? Yeah. And having that posture of curiosity and being willing to ask those questions and, and reflect on those experiences key to that. Yeah. And, and I think what's interesting, it, tell me if you agree with this, is like as you as you grow and as you evolve on, on the spirit level, your soul level, um, 
it just maybe it's age, I don't know, but see the world differently and really, I mean, see all levels of it differently. Um, it's, it's just fascinating to remember. Like I, I like to always look at things from different perceptions, you know, like from the perception of what's really happening, literally, what's happening emotionally, what's happening on the soul level, if you're looking down from that view. Um, and there's always a different perspective and a different solution from each different place. So as you know, the, the purpose of a congruent life is really to focus on these themes of authenticity and reinvention and share stories around that, uh, which you've got several. You've been telling us all kinds of great stories of, of how you've reinvented along the way. So given all of your experience and this collection of stories and many, many more that we haven't touched on, well, what does living authentically or congruently mean to you? Living congruently is the law. <laughs> Yeah, it's my moral code because when I'm not living congruently, I'm aware that I'm going to get in trouble. My soul is going to be like, nope, can't do that, you know. So that that would really be that's the theme, I guess. It's like the more there are things you know, there are things you don't know, there are things you know you don't know, and then there are things you don't know you don't know. So in my mind as long as it's not something that I don't know, I don't know, I have to be in alignment. I have to be walking the talk and I get slapped upside the head when I'm not, you know, and I watch other people also. It's the same thing. So it's really, I think it's a, it's kind of the code of the, the soul code is to live congruently. And how do you know when you're not? You said you observe this in other people as well, and I'm sure that this is something that comes up frequently with your clients. You know, what kind of advice can you offer or wisdom can you share about knowing when you're out of alignment? Well, when you say you're going to do something and you don't do it, and then it's it, it's really about integrity and taking just taking responsibility for everything. Instead of saying that something's not working, why? How is this serving me that it's not working? How am I benefiting? I'm always, we're always benefiting from everything. And whether it's, well, it keeps me safe by playing small or it, I don't have to be visible or um, I, being sick, staying sick and stuck, it helps me, it's familiar. It, and then I don't have to change my environment. You know, there's just so many different things that are um, benefit us. The challenges benefit us, right? And we, like on some kind of level, some soul level, we are responsible for everything in our lives. I mean, that's how I see it. And it's hard to say that to everyone. So there's always a level of um, you've got to be mindful of what people are dealing with and where they're at, so meeting people where they are. But for me, I know that integrity is a sliding scale. That's what I always say. Like integrity is a sliding scale. We all have our own standard for integrity. And once you know what your standard is, it's like you've got to live by it or you're going to get slapped upside the head by your soul or by life. How does the culmination of all of these different experiences combine into the work that you're doing in the world today? It's awesome. What I get to do is, and, and it kind of changes because we're always changing, right? And growing. And every time we're growing and leveling up our lives and, and evolving, um, we are attracting different people that we get to support as coaches but it's the work that I'm doing in 
is really helping people tap into their destiny, take responsibility for their lives, empower them, live like be leaders in their own lives. So when I talk about leadership, it's about first you lead your own life. It's about taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life and making choices that are congruent with what you say you want. People say, I want, and I work a lot around money. People have a lot of, we, we all carry baggage and, and stories around money. And so a lot of the work we do there, it's like, so you say you want a seven-figure business or you want this or that. And are your actions congruent? So I, I love your show. I love Congruent Life because we could say we want the sun all day, but if we're not taking congruent actions um, to to achieve what we want or desire, um, then we're not really living in alignment with that desire. And it's just not going to happen. Um, so anyway, but the work that I'm doing is I get to help people uh, really tap into their unique gifts and talents. And my process is a culmination of the energy medicine. I'm also a certified energy medicine practitioner and um, and uh, under, under, under the table shaman, I should say, but that's part of my in my toolbox. And so I bring in a lot of those practices and help people tap into their destiny and, and also take that. What do you do with that? You know, how do you turn that into a lucrative business that pays you well? And how do you heal your money story along the way so that you can embrace wealth and know that it's unlimited, you know, tap into that unlimited resource that we call the universe and um, create a really practical business model. So I'm working at the level of body, soul, and business. It's always a little bit of soul, but I'm a lawyer. I've got this practical background, and I love helping people create business models that let them express themselves. I love the combination of the two, of really tapping into that that deeper message, but also bringing it into the realm of practicality. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, magical think, money thinking is uh, doesn't really manifest results. Well, I should take that back. Sometimes it does, <laughs> but but we are living in a practical world that requires certain actions. And so it's how do you marry the two? How do you live in a, that place of the soul and and create a really practical, lucrative life that gives you the lifestyle that you want? So, how can our listeners engage with you, Stephanie? My website is, you know, my business is called Intentional Paradigms. I've gotten a lot of interesting iterations of those words. So it's easier to find me at stephanietraker.com. And yeah, that's how you can get in touch with me is all on that, what my website. Certainly link to that from the show notes for the episode when it goes live. So people can find you and stay in touch with you. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, and I'd love if anyone is interested in reaching out, I'd love connecting to people. So information on my website about how you could do that. Is there a final thought that you'd like to leave our listeners with about authenticity? I'd love to share that the name of my business is called Intentional Paradigms because a paradigm is it's just how we see the world. It's a set of rules we live by. And um, intentional is about it's doing it, living on purpose, doing, making intentional, purposeful choices. So creating that paradigm that is intended, you know, with intention, instead of just accepting the status quo or the norm, if that is something that would help somebody live in alignment with what they really want or who they really are, it's always an option. You know, 
sometimes we think that we're limited to a certain bag of options and that makes it hard to live authentically and in a, and, and congruently. Uh, Stephanie Traeger, I'm glad to call you my friend and thanks so much for sharing this time with us and sharing your stories on A Congruent Life. Thank you, Andy. I just want to congratulate you also for the success of your show. It's really awesome. And thanks for having me as a guest. Absolutely. It's been great. Thank you. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Stephanie Traeger. The show notes for this episode are at acongruentlife.net slash 58 or acongruentlife.net slash Traeger, which is spelled T-R-A-G-E-R. Acongruent Life is supported by audible.com. If you're a fan of great audio content, you'll love Audible. They provide excellent productions of audiobooks and other kinds of spoken word content. I myself have been listening to Audible for many years. Audible is offering Acongruent Life listeners a free audiobook download, which you can access at aclbook.com. Thanks to those of you who have been leaving reviews for the show. That's enormously helpful for sharing Acongruent Life with others. If you would, please take a quick moment to leave a review for the show at acongruentlife.net slash iTunes or acongruentlife.net slash Stitcher. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to and supporting A Congruent Life. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to A Congruent Life. For more, please visit us on the web at acongruentlife.net. Do you have feedback about the show or suggestions for future guests? Please contact us through the website or send an email to feedback at acongruentlife.net. See you next time.